Today's scripture is from Matthew, verse 2. If you want to read along in pictures, the Spark Story Bible has the escape to Egypt on pages 224 to 225. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observe the star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. Now after they left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Good morning. And after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there unto the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. Pray with me as I speak on the topic when, prof when movement becomes prophetic. Shall we pray? Holy Spirit, stop by here. Dwell amongst we, your people. Examine my heart. See if there is anything wicked in me and extract it. Holy Spirit, stop by here so that we will listen to your still, small voice. Holy Spirit, hide me behind the empty cross so that I will be out of sight and you will be the focus. Holy Spirit, stop by here so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my God, and our Redeemer. Amen. The prophecy about Jesus was written down seven centuries into human history, that divinity would be born into humanity we were told about a holy family who would flee to a, to a foreign country out of fear of prosecution and genocide. The word flee derives from the Greek word phagd, which means refuge, 
which by its very definition, it brings into focus a historical and moral context of our contemporary modern day situation. Jesus, a child living in exile with his family, could not find a welcoming city, let alone a home, despite being the church's first family. They suffered under Roman authority, where he and his people were looked down upon because of their race, because of their ethnicity, because of their culture, and because of their religion. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, Melissa? Jesus, a child without a home and a king without a country. That throughout the gospel, we are told that Jesus would come to us on a dream and a promise. A promise for his family and a promise for his community. The text tells us that Jesus' family flees to Egypt, that even though it was under Roman control, but because it was out of King Herod's jurisdiction. Herod, the king known as the Great, the son of Itapah, and he was an Edomite. He was made, by the, he was made a king by the Romans. The scepter departing from, Jew, from Judah. He grew up to be a cunning, ambitious, and paranoid man with an unquenchable thirst to get to the top by any means necessary. Sounds like somebody we know today, right? My brothers and sisters. King Herod quickly rose through the ranks and, and became a dependable monarch to the Romans whom he helped attain Jerusalem. I mean America, I mean Jerusalem. He feared Jesus because the prophecy said that Jesus would be born to be a world, to be the savior of the world. Scribes had shown King Herod the sign that the Messiah was about to be born, that he would be the new king of that religious sect and of that Jewish community. Jesus, a child living in exile with his family. They were known as the church's first family, suffering underneath Roman authority and political and religious oppression while also living underneath great poverty. Jesus. Just like modern day asylum seekers are the people of the Honduras caravan of Central America, they were Afro Caribbeans with origins that derived from the Honduras people. Brown people seeking help, like Jesus' community. The Hondurans came from a historic crucified people and now today vilified and crucified by our very own government who are supported by Christians who claim the very crucified Savior as Lord. Beloved brothers and sisters, sometimes the biggest threat to the church 
as religious communities are the very members of said communities. Christians who do not look like Jesus. Have you ever done the milk sniff test? Before you drink it, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you, you open up the refrigerator and you, you open up the milk in it and you sniff it. It's kind of like when you sniff those kind of Christians. They don't exactly pass the sniff test. Amen. When I came out, I was in my 20s. I came out of a local television program in Youngstown, Ohio, where the topic of homophobia in the church was being addressed. At the time, I was a participant of a youth department of a church called Youngstown Baptist Church, an all-white congregation, um, all-white conservative congregation. Christians, many of them, had seen the interview. So the next day, which was a Sunday morning, the pastor called me into his office and asked me to repent from what I said about that interview stand before the congregation and apologize. I said I would not apologize. And then they asked me to lie, which I thought was kind of cute and funny. And I giggled for 20 minutes, but he was serious. And they told me, I said I would not lie, and they told me that I would be no longer welcomed in that community. I left with the strength and the dignity to live as a reflection of the crucified savior of the refugee child called Jesus. There came wise men, probably of the learned class, who cultivated astrology and kindred science. I could hear echoes of the prophetic tradition found in Kings chapter one, 40, who had fled to Egypt, tells us of a modern-day refugee who, like the refugees, run and escape prosecutions to live out a new vision from Saul, a king of Israel. And although in the biblical narratives we, we read about human escaping humans escaping prosecution, fleeing to a better land, hoping, hoping for the hope of that shiny city on a hill. My brothers and sisters, there are 46 scriptures that tells us to treat the stranger with justice and kindness. Hebrews 13, that cautions us not to forget to entertain strangers, for, for thereby we will entertain angels unaware. In the Torah, we are told about, we are told in Exodus 22:1 that you shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Leviticus 1, that when a stranger sojourns with you in a land, you shall not do him wrong, but you shall treat the strangers who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in a land. I am the Lord your God. When Jesus told the, told the disciples in Matthew 25, 36, for, for when did we see you as, as a stranger and welcome you not? 
Jesus said, for as often as you've done to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So what does a nation do who claims Jesus but yet becomes unwelcoming? In the Jesuit Review, Brad, we hear from Pope Francis appeals to the international community on behalf of some 670,000 Rwangawi refugees from Murma, who has given home to thousands. Pope Francis calling on the international community, community's moral compass says this, Bangladesh is a nation that strives to join unity of language and culture with respect for different traditions and communities, which enrich the great world. He says no single community, nations or state can, can strive to make progress in isolation. He says as members of the one human family, we need one another and we are dependent. Pope Francis knows that, the his, that, the his, that history tells us that we do better as a human family when we hear one another's pleas for justice and assistance. When we treat strangers just as good as we treat our families and members of our own community and members of our own country and our own tribes and our own selves. But we have insecure leaders like old King Herod living at 1600, I mean living in Jerusalem in this biblical text, who put, who impose a danger into humanity. Old King Herod living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue stoked the fear and racism of their time to meet their own selfish agenda. Herod was afraid that he, that, that his, was afraid that Jesus would challenge his royal status. Modern contemporary leaders target the fears of humanity by stoking racism and division with lies and villainizing and criminalizing the caravan of Honduran migrant workers, of refugees seeking refuge, just as Jesus' family sought refuge. A leader calling them terrorists when the truth of the matter is that he is preparing our, arm, arm, our army to conduct terrorist acts on them. We see villainizing of brown communities, but we also see villainizing of our Muslim siblings. Serving as racist white dog whistles to his base. Uh, but I'm talking about Herod, right? Uh, right? The hope found in the historical narratives is that we see the church's first family migrating to Egypt despite a war being called on them. We see parallels of national design with demonic spirits of racism and white supremacy with lies about humanity of our transgender brothers and sisters. While the rape and murder done by nationalists are excused and they're placed on the nation's highest court. But I digress, my brothers and sisters. 
The Christian text tells us of the hope found in a little baby who is a Palestinian refugee. Jesus, who grew into living out his mission of being a king without a home. Oh, y'all are missing that moment. When refugees were not welcomed by an insecure king and leader of the empire, refugees become sacred resistance to the empire. Jesus, the king of refugees, lead, led the first resistance. All oh, the text points to, points to a, start that, that, that a star that shines a watchful light of love over Jesus and his mother. Jesus and his family serves as both historical victims and historical liberators. These are the words of a woman survivor of a massacre at the river Asumpac between El Salvador and Honduras. It happened in 1981, she says. On that occasion, thousands of peasants were trapped between the Salvadoran army pursuing them and the Honduran army waiting for them on the other bank. She said hundreds died. Some were killed by armies with incredible cruelty. Children thrown into the air and bayoneted as they fell Others drowned in the river, where hundreds of Indonesian people were massacred. In many others, places are the new names, she says, for Golgotha today. And their people are the suffering servants. She closed her statement by saying the following, with Isaiah's words and texts in hand, our eyes are fixed on the people. So let us look first as the likeness between the crucified people and the crucified Savior. As both are victims bringing about salvation that the star of David points to. Despite America's original sin, America's salvation has always been based on how it treats its visitors, on how it treats its immigrants, on how it treats its asylum seekers, how it treated those who came to our shores looking for refuge for a better life. And exile our people of God. They are united with the exiled Savior. What does the lens say to us here in Glen Ellen? That loving Advent and that story of the infant exiled Jesus serves as both hope for humanity. To see Jesus and justice as a contextual lens of unity. To be better personally, to be better corporately, as we approach this season of Lent, my brothers and sisters, let us remember that the four virtues Jesus brings us are hope, love, joy, peace, but I might add, 
justice. The lighting of the Advent candle is to symbolize expectation, while the second symbolizes hope, the third joy, and the fourth purity. The Christ candle is lit on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Reminding Christians that the crucified Savior immigrant child named Jesus is a light of the world. May he continually remind us of who we are as the body of Christ. Amen.